Let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules you're gonna try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> Warriors Embracing the Hustle. A podcast that challenges your viewpoints and mental willingness. Here's your host, Jake Rarett. Alright guys, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Warriors Embracing the Hustle. This week we have on a reoccurring guest, Dan Penna, a comedian. What up? Uh, he's also a good friend of mine. So uh, We decided it would be a good time to do a reoccurring episode here today. Um, Dan's been putting in a lot of work. Um, he's been doing a lot of stand-up and a couple other things we'll talk about. Um, one thing that I did want to start off with here was uh, you talked a little bit to me off the mic about how you started to get into a little bit of theater. Um, how's that going for you, and is that something you're looking forward to here very soon? Oh, yeah, and I got my entire start doing theater. Okay. And uh, I'm actually a part of an acting troupe out here in Los Angeles and uh, called uh, L.A. Troupe. And we mainly go around educating kids and by doing uh, Shakespearean plays, classical plays at different kinds of schools. Uh, but in addition to that, I also uh, perform dinner theater. In fact, uh, we're gearing up. Oh, what? There's something's beeping over. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, in in addition to <laughs> to doing um, to doing all the the educational theater, I also do um, uh, dinner theater. And uh, we're actually gearing up for something called a Dickens dinner, where we're going to be performing at Lowry's Prime Rib right off of La Cienega for the seasons. Okay. Uh, for uh, for the holidays is what I mean. And then uh, also uh, the Tamashanter in Los Files. And we'll be going around. Uh, I think we might even have something booked for the Altadena uh, Country Club and a few other private parties cool, as well. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty close to here. Mm-hmm. Um, so... With these theater acts, are they based off of past like uh, movies or other theater productions, or is this something that is all like something you guys have come up with, brand new, fresh? Well, in terms of the educational theater, it's all pretty much just Shakespeare abridged because okay. you have to get like something you know as dense as Shakespeare and condense it down into about forty forty five minutes because that's right. all you really have the kids right. for. In terms of the dinner theater. Those have been adaptations done by the artistic director. And so uh, a lot of those, uh, we just perform all over the city, whoever will have us. Right, right. And how did you, how did you initially get started doing this? Oh, <laughs> uh, I was filming a movie with the artistic director. And okay. I had to play somebody that had uh, an affliction where they only spoke in uh, Middle English iambic pentameter, which is the language of Shakespeare. And she was my boss trying to hire me for like a regular job. And so uh, I, I'm classically trained in, in, you know, Shakespeare. So I was able to really adapt to that. And so when she said, hey, we'd love to have you come out and audition, I leapt at the opportunity to get paid to do theater. So Right. Yeah. And how, how long have you been doing this now? I've been doing this for about seven years now. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So um, I th- we might have talked a little bit about some of this stuff initially on the first podcast, but I want to go over it because uh, 
first episode with Dan uh, was my first live episode ever, video episode. So we got a couple hiccups. So uh, now I got it all figured out, guys. So this one will be good to go. But when did you initially move to Los Angeles? I moved out here in 2009. 2009, yeah. Okay. I, I was just right off the heels of filming a Western feature in Pennsylvania and got my Screen Actors Guild card by working on several TV productions. I was uh, Hazel's boyfriend for an episode of Gossip Girl. Okay. And so uh, I joined the union and the entire economy was doing great in, <laughs> yeah. in September 2008. And so uh, around October 2008, everything tanked, but it hadn't yet affected me. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like, hey, in January 2009, I'm going to move out to Los Angeles because I'm hot shit. Yeah. You know, as soon as I step off the plane, someone's going to hand me a script and say, <laughs> yeah, hi. And, and so uh, I learned the hard way that, uh, that that's not how things happen. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So you've been out here about nine years now then, if my math is correct, right? Yeah. So after being out here for two years, you went into the theater direction um, and you said that it was just kind of someone that you worked with that uh, liked you. But was that something that you initially thought of doing when you were moving out here? Did you think theater was going to be something you would do? Or was it more acting into comedy? Or what did you initially think you were moving out here for? Oh, I thought I was moving out here to become a movie star. Okay. Uh, because I had had some success in New York City in uh, for film and television And so when I moved out here, I thought I could continue that. I already got myself an agent and got squared away. And, uh, and to be honest, I, the, the theater thing I didn't see coming because it's LA's not a very big theater town, right? you know, uh, and, and I wasn't really having a lot of luck, uh, with theater in New York. So I just kind of figured, you know, I, it would be an easier transition to just stick to film. Right. But uh, I'm the kind of guy that that takes whatever opportunity comes his right. way. Oh, yeah. And Most so, definitely. you know, when someone's like, hey, we're going to pay you some good, good money, money. Yep. you know, I'm <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's something that, uh, I mean, you probably did it as a kid in high school where you, you were involved in theater and drama a little yes. bit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In fact, um, I, I've been doing theater uh, since I was three years old, okay. uh, uh, but my, one of my most memorable roles, they, they really wanted me to be in the Jungle Book, but there wasn't a part for me, <laughs> so they wrote in, they, they literally created uh, a nonsensical character, Tabaki the Jackal, and so I was best friends with Sher Khan, and I would just randomly show up in scenes to give him counsel and be like, man, you need to kill that boy Mowgli, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it made like no sense, and uh, it was such a such a shitty production uh, of of uh, Jungle Book. They they got uh, the song leader of the pack, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they they would uh, they would play that song, and the younger wolves would sing that about the the father wolf, and be like the leader of the pack. And uh, in the song, whenever they go the leader of the pack, it goes vroom vroom, you know, with like the motorcycle vroom. Right. And so uh, I remember they wanted to cover that up because it wouldn't make sense. So they edited in a (laughs) (laughs) but they didn't get rid of like the muffler sound. So it'd be like the leader of the pack. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Oh, man. That's awesome. So you, you've been around theater for a long time. It's yeah. something that you love to do. Um, so kind of mo- moving a little bit away from that, um, are you still working on your comedy a little bit? Are you uh, out there oh, yeah. doing spots? Oh, yeah. I'm. In, in fact, uh, I've, I've got so many gigs going on right now. Um, I, I've got, I've, my manager has to tell me, Hey, you got a show going on today or you're you're going to it. Right. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is kind of cool. You know, uh, I, I should get better about, you know, my schedule, but, uh, it's, it's great to be working as much as I am. In fact, uh, not only do I perform as like my regular self, but I also have like a character persona that I go up and do that people really seem to enjoy, which is pretty cool. So it's almost like. You know, um, you know Andy Kaufman's Tony Clifton, okay. so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, so speaking off of that a little bit, um, so nobody knows who your like second persona is, huh? Yeah, I would say about a, a solid like inner circle five people, right. including yourself. Right. You know, right. know know yeah. about this persona, yeah. Yeah, and how did you originally come up with this idea? <laughs> I was I was at home uh, talking to my girlfriend, and uh, I was, ooh, I was a little uh, blazing up, <laughs> tore up a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was ripped, <laughs> and uh, and the idea came to me. I was like, what if I could go up on stage and just you know be be myself, you know, so to speak? Like I'm not necessarily on like a lot of comics right. can be, uh, and if I bomb no one would know it was me. Uh, but if I was successful, everybody would know it was me. Right. And so, uh, and so I perform as a superhero, uh, named night striker sometimes. So yeah, there so you go, go. Go check it out. Night striker. He's on Instagram. He's got a couple clips and pictures up. So check that out. Um, yeah, it's actually, it's pretty cool that you're able to do that. Um, you, you customize and built the whole, you like outfit yourself. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it nice. was. It was like it was like almost a thousand dollars putting that entire wow. thing together. Yeah. So it turns out you don't need to be Tony Stark or Bruce Wayne with billions <laughs> of dollars. You just need to have a tax refund and be really high. You know, <laughs> just wander yourself onto eBay and just buy shit. And two weeks later, stuff shows up at your door, and you're like, "I guess this is my life now." You know. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So you've. Uh... You've, you've done a lot of work with uh, stand-up comedy and different things like that. I've noticed you've produced a couple shows here. Um, what, what would you say your next move would be as a comic? Are you looking to um, start headlining a lot more? Are you looking to get a special? Um, what, what do you think would be your best next move? Honestly, I think all that stuff is uh, really great, and I, I, I would love to do that. I think that's most people's end game. I, th- I think the real end game would be to have a sitcom on television yeah, right. and then segue into uh, movies. However, I think the most practical next step is putting together the two tours, and my manager's working really hard on this right now. Uh, we're trying to get together uh, for a London tour. Uh, and an East Coast tour, uh, which should be going down both in 2019. That would be really cool, Mm -hmm. man. Um, Have you ever done any touring work or just mostly kind of where you were living at the time? Um, I've done touring work. In fact, earlier this year, I toured Japan, which was pretty cool. And that one I put together myself. And so, uh, which actually helped get me my manager uh, because she was like, oh, wow, this guy is 
really diligent in yeah. putting together, you know, he's he's a go-getter. He's overseas putting yeah. in work, boy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a warrior embracing the hustle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But um, so you would say that you would just want to start touring a little bit more um, and I, keep... What What is your... About right now, how many minutes do you have of good, solid content that you can swing away every single night that will hit every single time? Um, in terms of... I, I, I would say I have about an hour, 15 minutes hour of 15. really solid material. Okay. And that's the kind of material that I would use you know, for the college circuits and stuff when, you know, eventually my, my agent's trying to get me onto the college circuit. Um, but outside of that, my, my preference is about a solid, like it's, it's my first 20 minutes, I would say. That is the really hard hitters. Like yeah. That. Yeah. That, and that's when I bring out the big guns. If I'm in front of an audience that, you know, let's say I, I go out there and there's no alcohol being served or, you know, it's some sort of corporate event where no one's really expecting a comedian to go up. Right. I'll just go up there and drop that 20 minutes as hardcore as I can. And yeah. that's usually what ropes them in. Yeah. That, that's kind of, I've heard other comedians talk about that, about going to like corporate gigs or something where you're, nobody's paying attention. You're just yeah. kind of up there, you know? They, they can be awesome, you know, if there's drinks. Yeah. Because then people loosen up, and, you <laughs> right, know, people right. try and make it personalized, you know. <laughs> I'll be talking about, you know, my, my half Cuban-ness and stuff. And then they'll be like, oh, it's just like you, Becky. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't know Becky, but all of a sudden I've got something in common with Becky, you know? And so you can kind of let that feed into you. Otherwise, if there's like no drinks and they're not expecting a comedian, it can be a nightmare. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. what's this guy with the mic doing? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I, I, I did one corporate event where I had uh, no intro. Uh, the, the only thing that went up before me was a PowerPoint presentation and it was a PowerPoint presentation about the party. So it was like, this is how many people RSVP'd and this is how many people (laughs) requested Drake. (laughs) And it was just like, and now here's Dan with comedy. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go. I I guess I'm doing this now. Thank God I've been paid up ahead of time. (laughs) I, I know that would be hard just because of the fact that one good thing about comedy is the audience. Um, there's rules, you know, nobody, you're not supposed to heckle, you know, you're there for a good time and to laugh. Whereas like if you're at something like that, people are probably just talking like to the person next to them while you're doing your set, you know. So I'm sure that would kind of be a little difficult there for you, but that that one time, not a soul was talking. Really, they were terrified okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so you know i i wasn't booed so, yeah. you know I, you know people did applaud occasionally they laughed you right. know it was it was definitely a very interesting event and how how long ago was this oh, i would say this is about a year ago that i did that gig okay mm-hmm and it, it was just something that your agent pulled through, and you were like, "Yeah, I'll go." Yeah, my agent was like, "You, uh, you want to go, you know, entertain, 
you know, this, this company for 45 minutes. And I was like, yeah, sure. And he was like, it's at like the dry bone fish in the captain's cabin, you know, ballroom. <laughs> it, was, it was like some seafood restaurant, you know, it was like kids, you know, like with like the lobster bibs and everything. And, you know, it was, it was definitely an interesting time. Uh, and I must have, I must have filled up on crab legs that night. Right. I was like, I'm getting mine. You know? right, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So that's one thing that I've heard a lot of other comedians talk about is kind of like the different atmospheres um, that you've done comedy at. And uh, what would you say is like the best venue that you've done comedy at? The best venue that I did comedy at was probably at uh, Broadway Comedy Club in New York City. Okay. Uh, we were I I was on a smaller stage and it was very intimate and uh, having my my uh, education and and some of my roots over in New York City, I had such an awesome turnout. Like I had like fifty of my friends all show up, cool. you know, to uh, to that one show, and so that was probably what made it that much more special for me. Right. Because I wasn't just in front of a room full of strangers. I was in front of a room full of people that I hadn't seen in years. Right. So and you kind was... of had that connection with them as well. So, like, yeah. I don't know if you, like, based your set off of that. Did you do any of that? Or was it just kind of like they knew, like the story behind some of the sets that you were saying both both, both. yeah okay. so i i tailored it to the event as well as brought up some of the some i mean what you want to do whenever you perform at any kind of town or venue is you want to have like a common knowledge uh thing uh that you can reference right and so uh you just try and pick off of you know, uh, something that everybody knows. So in particular, uh, in New York City, there was this guy named Dr. Zizmore, Dr. Z, that was like a, a facial, he was a dermatologist for your, you know, just, just the face, <laughs> only the face. Yeah. And he, he like did chemical peels and stuff. And, uh, and Dr. Z was all over the subways, you know. And so um, now I think it's this guy named Jared or something that commutes to like Long Island. He's like the new face of the not, subway. Not subway, Jared. You no, know, not, no, no. <laughs> that guy is the face of jail. <laughs> that guy's the face of jail. Wrong subway. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> And so, um, and so, yeah, these, these guys, uh, you, you could just kind of riff off of that and everyone's like, ha 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 ha. There's also a guy named Dan Smith that teaches like guitar lessons, you know, (laughs) in New York city and his posters are everywhere. So you can always make a reference to that and people will laugh anytime because it's specific to them. Right. They relate to it very Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that a couple of times with other people's, um, even specials, people shoot their specials in certain certain cities they have connections to Yeah. Um, because of that aspect. They can kind of relate to the guests really well. And when you relate to the guests really well, you get a lot of laughs, which also helps with the people at home watching because laughter is just contagious. You yeah. Know? Like if you see a whole crowd laughing, and most of the time it is pretty damn funny, but yeah. it's going to make it that much funnier, you know. Um, so going off of the best place that you've done comedy – um, what would you say some of the worst venues you've you've gone to? Oh my God, I, I performed in like w- what what appeared to be like a, a 
a ballet studio <laughs> because right. there's like bars on the walls right. you know, for like dancers and there's mirrors everywhere. Oh, God. And so as a result, like the audience is looking at you, looking at them in the mirrors and, and they could see every angle of me. And there was, because the light was on me, it was also reflected off of the mirror and spilled out onto the audience. So it was, it was like a completely lit room and everyone was just really inhibited. (laughs) And so, uh, and I, I got them in the end. I finally, I finally nailed it, you know, but it was, it was a rough start because it's just like, whoa, here we go. I can't imagine. Yeah. Because I, I've also, um, heard of people like having certain reference points that they look at like with their eyes Mm -hmm. you know like some people look above the heads you know so you don't have to make eye contact i've also heard other people looking directly into like individual people's eyes what do you what do you like to do when when you're like uh, working the crowd a little bit i scan the audience and uh even if i don't look someone directly in the eyes i'll pick a spot like next to them or whatever so they don't feel as inhibited but yeah, uh, th- I'll I'll try as best I can to like pick people out of the right. audience and speak directly to them when I deliver my jokes. So that way, the uh, I guess that's the trick because everybody then feels even if you weren't s- looked directly at, right? Uh, it, it still feels as if you were spoken to directly. Exactly, and it keeps people involved and engaged. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's pretty good, man. Um, and going off of that kind of like talking about advice or like what you do did you take classes initially when you came out here oh yeah yeah i took i took uh classes over at the groundlings uh for improv okay and uh went through that entire thing and then i started taking classes on a dare someone dared me to do stand-up and so I was like, okay, sure, you know, <laughs> I guess. And so, uh, and, and I, I was like, I'm not just going to willy nilly, like show up on stage and just start talking about stupid shit. Random shit yeah. yeah. I've, I'd done that before. I want to say in like 2002 and I only got like three laughs and then like five minutes of silence. And so I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. So I, I took the classes and then we had a showcase and someone from the comedy store happened to be in the audience and they're like, you, you want to perform on the same stage as Robin Williams and Richard Pryor? And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. That's a dream of mine, yeah. sir. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so within just a matter of months, I was uh, performing on the main stage over there, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, that is that's yeah. really cool, man. Yeah. Um, so, me and you actually went to the comedy store not too long ago. Oh, yeah. Um, we saw Theo Vaughn. Yeah, Theo Vaughn, my yeah. favorite comedian. Um, the best thing about the comedy store that I think that I witnessed from that night was um, the amount of talent that's there, for one. Um, and for two, kind of like the pop-ins that they do. You know, like we, we, were, we paid for the belly room, which is the smallest room, the cheapest tickets. And um, Bill Burr, Tony Hinchcliffe. Um, I'm trying to think. Obviously, Theo was yeah, there. Theo, yeah, Theo. Um, you know, some of the biggest names in comedy just popped in. You yeah, know, just dropping like, in. Just dropped in and did their sets. And I think that's what makes that place so cool is that it's kind of just like a community. Yeah. Know, like people are just working and just like to like to put work out there. So um, I've advised I would advise any of you guys listening if you are into comedy, go check that out. I was pretty blown away the first time we ever went. That was really cool. 
And uh, um, I actually haven't even told anybody this. I, I might have told you this, but uh, yeah. I have. This is the first time I'm saying it. Uh, I guess publicly is uh, as of 2019. I'm going to start producing shows over at the comedy store as well. That's awesome, man! Yeah, Congrats. really excited. Really that's, excited. That's uh, at in my my eyes, that's the the top tier of comedy. Yeah, is the comedy store. Um, so congrats, man. That's that's amazing. And I think Thank you. Y- you being around that that level of talent will kind of make you more motivated and more inspired. And, oh, for in sure. In my eyes, you know, you, you go there every night and you see guys like Joey Diaz, you know, like just yeah. hitters who have been doing it for years. Yeah. I think that'll 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 bring you around, you know. You you won't you won't feel like there's times you need to take a break. You'll just be like, All I wanna do is this, you know. So yeah. I yeah. think I think that'll be good for you. Um yeah, so Kind of moving on from that a little bit. Um, one thing that Dan does is he has this. He called it Dan's History Month. Right? <laughs> yeah, Dan's Dan History, History Month. Yeah. yeah. So um, if you aren't friends with Dan's Dan on Facebook, y- you might as well add him because it's <laughs> just pure comedy. But uh, one thing that you do is like, what was it? Every day. It was about every day. Yeah, every day you would drop. Um, like a past memory, you would say, a past memory of something that happened in your life. Yeah. So in September, uh, my my birth month, um, I used to get really down about the fact that I was like getting older because <laughs> you know you always compare years to previous years and be like, right. what did I do this year? You know, yeah. like did I waste it? You know, and so to kind of prevent me from getting like the birthday blues. Uh, a friend of mine suggested that, you know, I start posting little anecdotes and stories about my life uh, on on social media. So that right. that way I've got a little something to share with other people. People that might not know me so well would get a taste of my comedy. And when they see me, they'll feel like they know me already. Right. And so, uh, and so, in 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 a way, it could be kind of cathartic for me to just kind of talk about how far I've come, right. you know, uh, kind of looking back. And so, uh, it started as like a little antidepressant, so to speak, right. and just kind of morphed into this thing where uh, in, in previous years we've had sponsors and had <laughs> and, and, and we had t-shirts and all this other stuff. I want I want to get mouse pads. Those are like the most useless things ever. I want to get fucking mouse pads, you know. And uh, but yeah, I always I always put up like trivia. I I have like my my picture uh, photoshopped and everything on like a famous historical figure or whatever. Yeah. My favorite is Napoleon. They they've got me as Napoleon. <laughs> And so, uh, and yeah, uh, one, one of the stories, one of, one of the most responded to, uh, this year was, uh, the time that I got like crossfaded at this karaoke <laughs> bar in New York city. I like, uh, okay. So, uh, when I was living in New York, uh, I was underage and, uh, there was like this little karaoke spot on Astor place and they didn't card. And so we would always go drinking there. You but, were in that thing. Oh, I was <laughs> almost every night, almost every night. And uh, one particular night, I was like, I'm gonna get really ripped. So like, I I, dr- I like drank copious amounts of alcohol before I went there, and then I smoked up, and then I like polished off another pitcher of like Sapporo, and oh, then uh, I I ended up allegedly. This is what I was told. Allegedly, I, I, I blacked right, right, out. Allegedly. I fucking blacked out. But uh, but my my roommate 
roommates who were with me at the time were like, dude, what was up last night? And I was like, I don't know. You tell me, man. He was like, well, dude, you were underneath one of the booths at the karaoke bar and you wouldn't let anyone sit down unless they made an appointment. Oh, and so, my God. And so, uh, yeah, I was like hiding under there like a little troll asking for toll, you know? <laughs> and like people would sit down and chase them away. And I, I guess like they called management. And so I, I like they tried to throw me out, but I like ran and hid in the restroom or something <laughs> like that. And then came back and hid under the same booth. And then apparently uh, I got so bored waiting for someone to sit down that I passed out under the booth. And then like some some lady like slid into the booth and, you know, was like there with like her boyfriend or whatever. I ended up waking up and then uh, and then was like, oh, yeah, I'm here doing this. Right. And so I like grabbed her ankle. She screams, kicks me in the face. And then before you know it, I just wake up the next morning with like a, a bruised eye and nice nose. Nice shiner, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, awesome man yeah. that's, that's... I go fucking hard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that again that's hilarious no man I think I think what's also good about that Dan History Month is maybe it can help you work out some bits maybe you oh know, for like, sure you yeah know, like you're as you're typing it out you're like oh this is fucking hilarious yeah. you know and, or like in fact kind of kind of the opposite happens with Dan History Month because when when I do stand-up comedy when I'm standing up there it's all about brevity everything has to be fast concise because you want to get to the next joke and you want to get to the next you got to keep right. feeding them okay and so it's joke 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 right when it's Dan History Month it's a way for me to go into a more of like a story mode in depth yeah and so it's not joke 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 because there's a lot of setup you gotta know who i am where i'm coming from and you know all that other stuff so there's there's a lot of piping that goes into uh the exposition for uh for for dan history month stories and is it when you do it, you said you've been doing it for a couple of years now, right? Yeah, about eight years, yeah. Oh, okay, wow. You've been yeah. doing it for quite a while. And yeah. is it is it mostly a lot of the same stories? Or? Yeah, I would say about 50% of them okay. are uh, old stories. Uh, there was a time I was chased around by horses and a turkey like came up and <laughs> saved me. You know, uh, there's like all sorts of stupid ones. Uh, I, I got like really fucking blackout drunk over at, you know, Chateau Marmont and ended up like booting on on, on like the, in a pint glass Ooh. and got, got kicked out and I totally <laughs> disgusted Holly Madison from like, you know, the girls next door. She's like, just off the heels of dating Hugh Hefner at the time and was like newly single. I was like, you're hot. <laughs> you know, into my pint glass. And just, everyone's like, why are you booting in the pint glass? I'm like, so it's less of a cleanup. You know, you know? And I, got, I got thrown out on that. You know, it's, it's all sorts of crazy shenanigans I've yeah, had. That's, yeah. that's pretty awesome, man. I loved reading those and I enjoyed reading those. It Thanks, man. Pretty awesome. <laughs> um, and it's cool for people like me who kind of just met you in the past couple of years, kind of like see a little bit of the side of you when you were younger you know some yeah. of the crazier side of dan yeah oh well, we we've partied pretty hard you, yeah you've seen me you've seen me do some crazy shit yeah today. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah we've had our fair share of times but yeah. never never underneath a, a booth you know taking yeah. toll <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true well you know there's hope yet yeah <laughs> we still got time we got time <laughs> yeah that's awesome man so um Going on from that, one thing that I kind of like to do with my podcast is take questions. Um, this week I was kind of slacking a little bit, did a little bit of short notice, but we still have a couple questions. Dan got a couple questions from his supporters, so um, 
I'd say right now would be a good time. We could we could take a couple questions for sure, and uh, kind of just you can answer them. I'll, I'll kind of give my type little answer off of that, depending on what the question is, um, and we'll we'll go from there. Um, I've got one question from Annie uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, have you ever seen a ghost? Would you want to be a ghost? Ooh. That's a good one. Um, do you want to answer this one or? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll answer this one, and uh, we can we can both riff off of it. Sure. How about that? I'll, Sounds good. I'll, we'll we'll both riff off the questions depending on what it is. If it's about comedy, obviously I can't answer. But would I have I ever seen a ghost? I don't think I've directly seen a ghost. I have definitely felt some weird spirits um i've seen like kind of like things shake a little bit in the distance when we were younger too i think um a little bit might have been Mm self-created you know like i was like yeah yeah (laughs) wind's blowing a little (laughs) too hard yeah um but i don't think i've actually directly seen an act of a ghost um and do i believe in ghosts yes i most definitely believe in ghosts um just because of the, I don't know exactly why, but... But would you want to be a ghost? Would though? I want to be a ghost? Um, I think I would want to be a ghost for the one reason that I could get across town without this damn traffic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, like, I, would, I would want to be a ghost just so I could... <laughs> just like a perv out on hot chicks. Oh, okay. Just like standing there like, yeah, you're you're doing your thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, just be complete fucking creep. You know? <laughs> but like, it's not like they could do anything because I'm a fucking ghost. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I can... I can't even touch myself because I'm a ghost. You know what I'm saying? But I would, I would, just, I would just observe and be... Fucking fucking perv. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. You do like that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me help you wash your hair. You know, like could have sworn someone was in the shower with me, you know. Yeah, I mean I don't know about the whole thing of like being invisible and like I've I've had I've kinda had questions like that in the past where it's like, would you want rather be invisible or run ninety mile an hour? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well invisible is cool. Like it to be yeah. a ghost would be cool. But, like, at a certain point, I think, like, I want my presence to be known. Yeah. You know, like, if I'm just, like, creeping around the corner yeah. every day, like you said, you know, <laughs> yeah. just kind of, like, creeping, I'd feel like, just oh, creeping. What, the, what the fuck's the point here, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. uh, I can I can creep, I can creep, but then what, yeah, you know? Yeah, then what? Then yeah. you, you get bored of creeping. Yeah. No, on, on, a, on a more, on a more, on, on, it's, I, I wouldn't creep because I, I'm not a creep, but, uh, <laughs> but in a more honest answer, I think would be, I, I think it would be kind of cool to know people's secrets. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, like, cool. so, yeah. so if someone's like, I was late because of traffic, I could be like, mm-mm, so that dude, that dude was flossing his teeth for too damn long, you know? Like, that's why that dude is late, you know? Like, stupid shit like that. I would, I would just enjoy people's secrets. Right, yeah. Like, mm, this chick doesn't know she's being cheated on. <laughs> yeah. But I, think- I know, Ghost Dan knows. I think, yeah, I think some of that would eat me up, though, a little bit, you know? If I just kind of, yeah. like, knew everything. And then I'd be like, ooh, you know, like, this kind of bad for this person yeah but it's like watching a soap opera but you're inside the soap opera still watching you can't touch or do anything but it's like "Mm, popcorn (laughs) like that michael jackson meme you know see how this plays out (laughs) exactly (laughs) 
All right. What's you got? It. You got any more questions over there? Uh, yeah. It was. Uh, do you try jokes out on people? Okay. Uh, yeah. So you can. You can. Yeah. All the you time. Can riff off that. All the time. Yeah. In in fact, uh, I tried. I tried out almost an entire set. You know, on on my friends the other day and bombed horribly. And so it's it's kind of it's. Do you, do you want to hear it? <laughs> I, I, mean, I yeah, still I wanna, still think it's hilarious. Yeah, if you want to put it but, out there, uh, let's do it. Yeah, um, the set is. Uh, I think every basketball team would be made better if they put the word "butt" in front of their name. So, like the Butt Nuggets, <laughs> oh, the God. Butt Magic, uh-huh. the Butt Wizards, <laughs> the Butt Jazz, uh-huh. the Butt Raptors, the Butt Thunder. You know the Butt Sonics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, see, this is why it doesn't work so well. <laughs> yeah. The Butt Rockets. After you give so many you know? examples, they're like, yeah. "What?" <laughs> the Butt Warriors. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so, so like, yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a few where it doesn't work out like the you know there's someone I'm sure watching that just like nah, it doesn't work for the butt nets yeah, you know like the butt pelicans yeah like the, yeah it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work as much I mean, it works for a lot of football teams too like the butt cowboys the butt buccaneers you know the butt rams the butt rams <laughs> the butt packers <laughs> that's my favorite uh-huh. one the butt packers <laughs> yeah I think I think you could you could work something out with that yeah I think you could uh. You could definitely the butt raiders clean that That's up a, a little bit into like yeah find out the exact ones that work you know yeah and then just like throw a couple little loose ones out there and then just hit them with like the butt packers and yeah like what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny yeah so I mean I think I think also too like the first couple times that I met you um I don't I don't know if it was intentional you trying your jokes on me mm-hmm. but um you just start telling a story. Yeah, and it would kind of like rift off of into like you like almost like telling a set to me, you know? Yeah. Like you'd be telling a story, and I'd just be dying, dude. I don't even remember like the exact story, but it would just be like I'd be dying. I think I think that's kind of cool. I think I don't I don't know because I'm not a comedian, but um, I think it'd be cool to kind of like see someone's reaction yeah. when it's like an intimate conversation, like just me and you. Yeah, and if like if you got me dying think about like if you could control a room you know like oh hell yeah yeah like that would that'd be a good 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 bit to go on with yeah so i think that is a good good tactic to try your jokes before you yeah and and then i and then i polish them up and then once once i feel comfortable once they're nicely polished i'll show them to some of my other uh comic friends uh because it's always good to kind of gauge you know if you can make another comic laugh you're fucking you got gold yeah you know exactly. it is so hard to make other comics laugh because we we all know the fucking formula we all know when we're expecting a punchline and everything right so if you can still kind of catch them off guard with your punch you're fucking yeah solid another thing that uh my favorite comedian theo von does really fucking well is uh he'll he'll hit the punchline but then he's got that last little little like well you know you yeah, know <laughs> like yeah. he'll throw like a last little twist in there and you're yeah. like oh my god that just that just makes the whole joke you yeah know? Like, it's just like he's, he's got great buttons yeah he's got great know, buttons just like well you know yeah. and then like it'll totally just like twist something like a punchline into like that wasn't what i was thinking the punchline yeah. was you know like it's just <laughs> something completely fucking different so yeah, not to fanboy out much on Theo, but he's he's pretty dope. He's he's, he's one of my favorites. Really easily. good dude, and he's yeah. I would say that 
at the point where he is now, he's pretty well known around the area and to people who are into the podcasting um, kind of community because he has his own podcast and he's been on some pretty highly known podcasts. But I think he's still up and coming. No, I th- absolutely. I think he's going to have some pretty good specials come out. I think he's going to probably get on a couple sitcoms. I mean, he's been on a couple sitcoms already, but um, I think he'll he'll definitely yeah keep working up from there. So. Yeah, and he's he's close to that finish line of striking gold. Right. You know, right. like and and just really breaking out. I could see him in movies. Right. You and know, the- I think even like in the past year or so he just started becoming a regular at the the comedy store or yeah. at least like a regular to where he's there almost every night yeah you know so i think a, lo- a lot of other people have also said this as well who are fans of comedy that he is doing very well and i don't know what it is about him that some people around here say it's like a southern like like his southern accent, like the stuff that he talks about, is so like outlandish to LA because yeah. he's from Louisiana. So yeah. like talk about crazy stuff that happened down south, which you can kind of relate to. He's he's a hilarious and in just how he riffs. Yeah, I think it's, that's it it's, too. Yeah, he's he's a spectacular comedian. Yeah. He's really great. So, um, got any other questions? Yeah, uh, Nick from Houston, Texas says, "Why do you always talk about butts and penises?" <laughs> <laughs> It's actually an interesting question. Um, I grew up in a very, very uh, Catholic family, and we were not allowed to talk about butts and penises. Yeah. And so uh, one day I was uh, in the car with my with my parents, and uh, and you know I, I must have done something. I must have talked about my butt or my penis. I don't know. <laughs> but like they were like, Daniel, don't don't talk about that. And in in an act of defiance, I came up with the butts and penises song. Okay. Which is uh, butts and penises, penises and butts. What if you put a penis inside a butt? <laughs> so, and so ever since then, you know, uh, you know I, I've been talking about butts and penises in defiance, <laughs> in defiance of my parents. You know, no, I, you know, like it, it doesn't. It could have been. You can, they could have been like never talk about gummy bears and gummy worms, and I probably would have had. You know, but yeah. No, so, yeah, I think I think that a lot of that as a kid when someone's like, you can't do that, you're yeah. like, fuck it, I'm you're gonna, gonna try do it. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try it, yeah. you know. But yeah, I think that's also. I also grew up in a very Catholic family as well. Okay. Um. So I think that another thing that goes with like Catholic is like this, the quote unquote like sin. You know. Like, yeah. Um. Everything's such a sin, and you're doing bad. Um. I think that like that can bring a lot of anxiety for people, you know? Um, yeah. Especially when you're growing up and, yeah. you know, you just, you don't really know, you know, what's right, right or wrong really. And if everything is wrong, then yeah. it's like, man, my whole life is wrong. What's going on? Yeah. It can you bring know? a lot of uh, anxiety and a little depression, you know, that you're like, why am I always in the wrong? Why am, you know, it's yeah. just like, it's, it's a little bit difficult. Um, but I do think that one good thing that I did take away from, the Catholic faith, um, is that like, it gave me a foundation, you know, like it kind of like brought the whole family together and yeah. like, this is what you do on Sundays. This is yeah. what you do. So I don't think it's all bad. Yeah. Um, but I've also kind of branched out into kind of believing in my own set of faith rules, you know, like kind of, uh, do I believe in God? Yes. But I also believe that, um, anything's possible. Yeah, you know, for sure. Any, I'm more, way more open-minded than I was as a kid. Yeah. Um, and I think that happens a lot just growing up, you know, yeah. like 
you, you start to find your own priorities, your own set of rules, kind of different things like that. See, where I'm come from, you know, if you believe in God, you go to Cracker Barrel after church. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. I do believe in God. Mm, I love mac and cheese and I love Jesus, you know. <laughs> so I was like all about that. I was all about that. Yeah, Cracker yeah. Barrel was a big thing in yeah. the Midwest for us yeah. as well, so... Yeah, every Sunday after church, I'm going yeah. to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> uh, I got another one here. Um, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? Okay. You want me to answer first? Yeah, I, w- I want you to go. All right. I'd probably be one of those hanging willow trees. Okay. That's pretty know? dope. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would be a hanging willow tree because, one, that's been my favorite tree forever. You know? Okay. Um, it's just really cool. And as a kid, I would, like, grab on the branches and swing back and forth, okay. you know, because they yeah. were just, like, hanging down. Yeah. And then I also like um, the fact that, like, they... At a fireworks show, this is kind of a little little off from a tree, but like the firework when it kind of hangs down at that willow. Oh yeah, you know, like yeah. when it busts open and it just kind of like hangs yeah. down. Yeah, so I, I like think those. like I've always kind of just had like for that like shape or that kind of like formation of a tree. I, I, that's what I would like. Mm. What about you? Man, that's a tough question. There's so yeah, many good trees a, to pick from. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I think I think I would want to be like a you know like a huge California redwood. And be oh. like, oh, I'm a big tree. <laughs> you know, but in all honesty, I would probably be something stupid like a gum tree, oh, okay. <laughs> or like you know a cork tree, or you know something something that no one respects. Right. You know, <laughs> like some stupid tree. Like Dan's a regular ass pine you know <laughs> but like i, I would want to be a cool tree right. you know or like one of those oaks that just like starts losing all of its skin yeah like, what the fuck's wrong yeah. with this guy yeah <laughs> or like yeah yeah like a willow tree is dope like i can i can see one of those you know in like louisiana like hanging over some like yeah. everglades stuff mossy you yeah know, like mossy and stuff yeah. but like honestly i'd probably be some stupid ass you know, like <laughs> You know, balsa wood piece of shit. You know, like no one respects that balsa. <laughs> Get out of town. Now I got a, I got a, I got a question here. Sure, just kind of popped into my mind. Top four main pizza chains. Go. Ooh, um, I'm gonna have to go with Papa John's pre-racism. You know, <laughs> I gotta throw that in. Yeah, pre racism. <laughs> Baba John's is my shit. Um, uh, I used to, I used to like hide in the uh, in the lockers in band hall in middle school, yeah. and then wait for everybody to leave, and then I would sneak into like the conductor's uh, like office. Yeah, and she had an armrest with a Papa John's. Uh, uh, menu taped to it and i would order a shit ton of pizzas for the band hall and just be like oh just put it on the credit card yeah, put it on the and card like, i would i would i would receive the pizza get like a slice or two and then just leave them <laughs> in her office and so i got like a lot of free fucking pizza that way which is pretty fucking awesome i must have done this maybe like six times before she just like outright removed the menu from her armrest they're like, what's your name? Yeah, uh, Sally. Yeah, <laughs> her her name was Miss Ramirez. Oh. I don't even think I remember her first name, so I'd be like, put it under Miss Ramirez. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? like, who the fuck? Yeah. 
So you got Papa John's. Um, what are you? What are your second, third, and fourth? Um, then I would probably say Pizza Hut uh, okay. because I used to be a part of the reading program there. Where like if you read X amount of books, you get like a free personal pan pizzas. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I even got like a silver medal. For like reading the most of their stupid fucking books and, and be like, what had you know, read this babysitter's club book. And I'm like, absolutely. The boxcar kids, done. You know, yeah, was, we used to do that too, but it was with like a, a minor league baseball team. Yeah. It was like, you read and then meet the players. Oh, that's not too bad. Like, it's like, yeah, then I mean, yeah. as a kid, you're like, damn, okay, that's pretty cool, you yeah. know? And they're like, don't do drugs, stay in school, don't believe in your dreams, you'll end up like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was pretty funny. So Pizza Hut as well, yeah, you know, you see that classic red roof, that little hat roof, you're like, fuck, yeah. I'm stopping there, boy, yeah. you know, that nice crust. I, I was, think, uh, I, dude, I was like barely alive when they were doing this, but they used to have like these these rubber puppets that they would give out in like uh, the really early '90s, like Beauty and the Beast and shit okay. like that. And I think they had Land Before Time, like plastic puppets. That maybe, was my shit. Maybe a little before my time, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I remember. But the thing about Pizza Hut is it's a real pizzeria because when you walk in. You can just like feel the grease. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. And just like, like they wipe yeah. the tables down, but you can still like you still get a little extra of that yeah. grease. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you got Papa John's, Pizza Hut, Little Caesars is my third. Oh, because I I was yeah, most people don't like Little Caesars, but they used to be the shit when I was a Boy Scout. <laughs> people would be like, "Dude, we got ourselves a Bigfoot pizza from Little Caesars, and this thing was like nine feet by nine feet." But yeah. I was I was also like really small at the time so it was probably three feet by three feet but it still was impressive it was was a very impressive pizza the bigfoot at little caesars was dope yeah no i thought i mean i got nothing against little caesars i just can't respect the whole five dollars like how the hell are you making a five dollar pizza you know like what kind of ingredients you put in there human flesh yeah (laughs) straight from china yeah wholesale (laughs) we found this pizza (laughs) we'll sell it we found this shit Yeah, that's dude they, they were they were <laughs> i think they were under uh scrutiny pretty recently for ordering pizza hut and selling oh, it as yeah. their own or it was like, like it was or, DiGiorno or, 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 or domino's yeah, yeah. and all uh, right so you got you got uh papa john's pizza hut little caesars and then domino's you're gonna go domino's domino's because they they again early 90s they had this thing called the noid in fact it was so popular they even had a domino's pizza noid video game for the nintendo Hmm. entertainment system so you could just go around like fucking delivering pizzas (laughs) in case you ever wondered what the yeah dan's here (laughs) It was it was it was pretty great, and uh, it was it was it was like Mario because uh, yeah, and like the green noid and then like the red noid too. So all right, well yeah. that's a pretty good list. I'll give you my list, but first off, I just want to say fuck Papa Murphy's. Papa <laughs> Murphy's. I don't even think I've heard of Papa what? Murphy's. Yeah, is that Dude, like an Iowa thing? No, no, I've seen it in Denver, Colorado too. But it's uh, Papa Murphy's a fucking bogus fraud place. Listen to this. Okay, so what Papa Murphy's was. 
is they would like make like a they'd get the dough, put the cheese on it, put the fucking sauce, all that on their ingredients, yeah. but they wouldn't cook it. You'd so go, they would they would just make up. You go pick up like a f- fresh pizza, but you'd have to take it home and fucking cook it. Oh, uh, like, boo! What, kind of, yeah, what, what the kind fuck of shit is this? Yeah, I could have so, done that myself. Yeah. F- First yeah. off, you stole Papa John's name with the Papa Murphy. Yeah. So that's a fucking fraud. Yeah. Uh, second off, you know, and they would always have like exclusive deals. Like in yeah. the Super Bowl, they'd be like, we're making a football. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, cool. I still got to cook it while I watch the game, yeah. you dicks. Yeah. I, want, I, I want it now. I don't want to cook it <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes from now. Yeah. And people are always like, oh, it's fresh. It's really nice. It's like, uh, I, I just don't get it. You yeah. Know, like, whatever. In case you're listening to this, Papa Murphy, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Take all that pizza dough and put it up your pizza ass. You know? I mean, I can remember as a kid, I ate it a couple times, couple, yeah. quite a few times. Just raw? Like, no, 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 no. We'd cook it. But, <laughs> but uh, I would always be like, why? You know, why don't we just order something that's ready? You know? Yeah. All you know right, that so, dude was like at a Korean barbecue restaurant and was like, this is genius. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Make the people cook the food right. themselves. <laughs> and that's how like their whole business plan was born. Yeah, so my top four would be, I think I'm going to start off with Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut, okay. Yeah, just because that, Strong choice. that crust. Mm, and stuffed it's, crust. It's, it's original, yeah. You yeah. know, like when I die, don't fucking put that like nasty shit in me. Put that cheese crust in me, boy. When, <laughs> when you die, people are going to put pizza <laughs> shit yeah, in Yeah, boy. I, I want that good cheese mold after a couple of days, you Fuck know? yeah. <laughs> but uh, so Pizza Hut, number two, I would have to say... The newly renovated Domino's. Okay. Domino's, since they re-ven- like re- redid all their stores, they've kind of like changed up a little bit the way they make like their their hand-tossed crust. Okay. So I, I'm down for that. Number three, I would have to go with, um, let's see what I got. Pizza Hut, Papa... I would say Papa John's is pre- pretty good too. Yeah, I, I would give Papa John's. I think the reason pre-racism, why, right? Yeah, pre-racism. <laughs> I think the reason why I like Papa John's so much is because as a kid, at school, like whenever there was an event or something, you know, that'd be like what they would order, kind of like what yeah. you're talking about. So, yeah, I think I just kind of got the natural taste for that. You know, yeah. um, I have. I actually haven't had Papa John's in a while. I wonder. Yeah. What it's like after racism. Yeah. <laughs> Post-racism. A little extra sauce. <laughs> Man, when I eat this pizza, I'm just angry at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to blame the world. Yeah, I'm trying to think. As my fourth, you know, I, I can't I can't give it to Caesars. I, I, as much as I, I enjoyed it as a kid, that $5 just kind of blows, spooks me, you. blows me away. Spook, you know? Spooks yeah, you. It's like $5. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Kind of sausages is this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> it's made of cat. Yeah. We found this pizza. <laughs> Do you want it for five dollars? <laughs> We're not gonna eat it. Maybe you will. Oh man, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I got a fourth or not. Oh, you want to know what? It's it's not a chain, but I think the best pizza in the world is the Kitchen Italian Pizzeria and Cafe in Pasadena. I can second that, man. They are a sponsor, and they yeah. are fantastic, and we love them. Yeah, this, this, uh, got this a mean pizza deep down dish. there. They got a mean deep dish. One mm. of the only deep dishes in town. 
I've heard that from a lot of people that yeah. they traveled miles and miles for this deep Absolutely. dish. Absolutely, people come from out of town. Yeah, they, for the, for their pizza. Yeah, it's it's pretty good stuff mm-hmm. from what I've heard. Um, they also got they got a couple different styles of pizza down there. You know, check it out. Um, they got some thin crust. It's not even thin crust. It's like some hand toss. It's yeah. got a little thickness to it. It's pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. Um, and then that Sicilian style too is some pretty good. That's a really thick crust. Yeah. If, you, yeah. if you're into that thick stuff. Yeah. That thick butt stuff. Mm. That's <laughs> that's the. Way I it love is. thick butt stuff. I'm gonna try the Cecilia. <laughs> Can you imagine someone coming in just like, well, I like butt stuff. What do you have for butt stuff, people? <laughs> like we heard this podcast. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but but in all seriousness, yeah. If you guys are in the Pasadena, LA area, go check out the Kitchen Pasadena. Um, it's a great place to go. Uh, take your family there. Good, good, good atmosphere. Good food. It's great for parties too. Uh, yeah, great, great for, parties. for parties. Me and Dan like eating there. Beautiful, beautiful place. Just check it out. Um, but yeah, I don't. Know. I'm trying to think what a fourth could be for my all around pizza chains. What else is there? You want to know what's written like outside of pizza chain? Pizza chains, frozen pizza wise. Over, yeah, over, pizza over, wise. over. I, I, I do like DiGiorno. Okay, but Tombstone. Tombstone. Is, Tombstone's, Tombstone's my jam. Yeah, I used to love my Tombstone. Jam. All my friends would be like, "We're getting jacks." You ever have jacks? I've had jacks. They're yeah, like really jacks. skinny. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, dude, fuck nah, that. You know, we need some tombstone. Yeah, we need we need a little <laughs> tombstone, some thickness in our life. Yeah. You know, no, yeah, that that is true. All right, uh, you got any more questions over there? Or is that a, wrapping it up for your side of it? Um, if you could, uh, if you could have a beer with any porn star, who would it be? <laughs> Well, and why? I guess we're just going to pull out all my fantasies. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say probably uh, the great Lisa Ann. Lisa Ann. Yeah, Lisa Ann. And why? Because as a child, she was just... She made you a man. Yeah, she was just <laughs> something else. I don't know. Um, but you know what, man? I don't know. I, I just have a beer with them? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just, just trying to keep it clean. Just trying to keep it clean, you know? I I think I think I would probably have have a beer with Keisha Gray. Okay. Cause she she seems she seems cool as fuck. Yeah. You know, like I she in in addition to, to porn and stuff, she she actually does like interviews and stuff oh, like okay. that. And I, I think it'd be cool to like sit down and be like how awful was your childhood? <laughs> like, how did you get here? No, I, I kid. She probably had a great childhood. But like, uh, I, what, I, what I mean to say is like, what is that like? You know, like I, I've never, I've, oh I've never God. taken on like 10 dudes. How does that not scare the shit out of you? You know, like, like no. I, think, I think the closest I ever came to like taking on 10 dudes was I was on football yeah. you know? and someone handed me the football and like 10 dudes were on me. I think like that's what it must be like to be like Keisha Gray, you know? Dude, when you were like, she's cool as fuck. I'm like, what? Is he one of those dudes that like watches the intro? <laughs> 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 like getting the backstory on her life. <laughs> I hear you've got sink and plumbing problems. 
yes, I certainly do. Just this way. Would you like some water? M- meanwhile, me, I'm like, that's really nice of her. Yeah. She offered him water. She's really cool. Yeah, man, she's cool as fuck. Yeah. You know, who does that? You know, here's here's a tip. She like literally hands him like ten bucks. You know, like you did a good job on the sink. You literally did only your job. Thank you for coming. Here's here's no pun intended. You know, here's ten bucks. Have a great day. Like, man, she's cool. She tipped the plumber. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's awesome. This is why I love having Dan on the ways that these tides can turn. (laughs) No, but it's awesome. I think that's what, what makes you such a great comedian, too, is like how creative you can be with different subjects and like the way your mind kind of wanders you know i think i think that's that's a great great uh trait to have thanks man yeah it's all it's always fun to kind of look at things from like another perspective right know? yeah no definitely non-traditional it's, perspective yeah non-traditional or just like unique like something mm-hmm. that nobody would ever think of you know like when you say cats people are thinking of like a nice, like, little furry home cat, and you're like, no, fuck that, I want a liger. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, <laughs> yeah. what's up, Fuck bro? yeah, dude. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Just, like, something, like, out of the ordinary. That's what yeah. makes you so so cool. And I think that's what a lot of comics have in general. You know, you have to have some sort of, like, outside, like, mind, kind of, like, something that you can reach out to, you know? Like, just, I'm trying to think how the best way I can put this not ordinary and very unique way of thinking you know you can you can definitely think of some unique things that can kind of mesh together to, thanks man to create a good bit you thank know? you so yeah i mean um yeah <laughs> that, 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 that last question kind of just had me blown away there for a second um okay so moving on from that um as a kid would you say that um, you were kind of in the the popular group at school, or were you more in like a certain like inner inner uh, inner circle of friends? Um, well, I I had like my little inner circle of friends, uh, right? And, and I I wasn't uh, I was popular, but I wasn't a popular kid. If okay, that yeah. makes any you sense. You weren't like the top jock or like the quarterback, you know, like type type deal. Well, I growing up, I I had like my nice little tight knit circle of friends, but I was always doing plays and I was a class clown and uh, and just all around just like a really friendly guy. Okay. So even though I wasn't like one of the like snobby, you know, like popular kids and I didn't right. live in like Northgate, which was like the fancy area yeah. of town, you know, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I was popular because I was, I was very accessible and welcoming to everybody. Okay. And everyone knew who I was because I I had like a class with like everybody. I was always like making jokes in class right, and getting right. in trouble for making jokes. <laughs> like I, I think even in, in my social studies class, I literally, this is like post Columbine. This was days after Columbine. I, I brought fireworks into my social studies class 
and got in a shit ton of trouble, but it was so worth it. Because, <laughs> because I was like, hey, who likes to believe in magic? Yeah. And then, like, started setting off fireworks. Oh, man, I can't imagine the, yeah. the PTSD from that room. <laughs> people, are, people, people were fucked up. <laughs> they were still here in firecrackers like, to this day. Yeah, but, but, like, but like, you know, they were, they were jazzed. Like, no one was scared, because there's nothing about me that was even remotely threatening. Right. You know, because I, I was just like this cheesy little, you know, guy. I was like super lanky and and like, you know, and like massive, you know, like mutton chops of acne and stuff. And, uh, and, you know, it's just really friendly and really goofy people. uh, Everyone knew who I was, you know, so, uh, I was popular, but I wasn't one of the popular kids. I wasn't on like student council or anything. Right. So how do you think that like your small group of, or your group of friends, their, your inner circle affected you today? Would you say that they affected you? Oh, for sure. Um, in yeah. what way? Shout out to my uh, childhood best friend, Adam Coonley. That guy had a hell of an imagination, and he was such a silly guy. Um, he's got kids now. Uh, so, <laughs> I, you know, I have no problem uh, outing his shenanigans. We we used to, uh, we, we, we would play together on the playground. He got, like, one of those little pill bugs of roly-polies. And he'd be like, watch this. <laughs> And just like oh, <laughs> snort man. a fucking rolling pole. Right. And he'd be like, I can feel it in my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know? <laughs> He's a very silly guy. Yeah. You know? And uh <laughs> and you know, another another buddy of mine, Ty, you know, like from my, my childhood, uh he he was like the 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 whole playground was like a giant sandbox. Yeah. And so he'd be like, You wanna play cats? You know, and like, yeah, sure, Ty, I'll play cats. They'd be like, okay, we're gonna be cats now. He like dig a hole and like took a shit in it and oh, then buried it. No. And he was like, no, it's treasure. Oh. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, Ty. No the next way. day, yeah, I I missed I missed my uh, my childhood wedding. You know, I was supposed to get married to this girl named Brooke, yeah. but like we missed the wedding so I could watch Ty take a shit <laughs> in the fucking sand Make some and bury it. Yeah. To pretend he was a cat you oh, know God. so like uh these these were very unique awesome you know kids they've grown into be tremendous adults um but i i owe a lot of like my humor and silliness and whimsy and right. uh and imagination to them yeah i mean it sounds like they're pretty creative <laughs> yeah. no no doubt i can definitely relate to that a lot too i think um the kid, the, a lot of the kids that I hung around to were definitely kind of daredevils, you know. Yeah. You, you take take a lot of risk for a very little reward yeah. type things, and I think even nowadays it's kind of uh, kept that fire burning inside of me. Like, just go for it, dude. Yeah, you know, like fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Growing growing up in Texas, uh, when I was a little bit older, you know, I was, I was in high school at this point, and uh, my best friends David and Jordan and I would go out into the woods. We'd play this game called Survivor, Ooh, okay? okay, where we would get really really fucking drunk off of our parents alcohol and and then we would wander into the woods and if you made it out of the woods on the other side alive congrats you won survivor right you know because you survived (laughs) drunkenness going through the fucking woods alone and it's a it's a miracle like no one died we would we would go to uh this sports store called academy and we would buy, we'd have like 20 bucks and like buy like a really shitty, you know, like inflatable raft. 
and then you could buy fireworks year round in Texas. So we would buy fireworks, get drunk, get on these rafts and go down uh, Cypress Creek and, uh, and paddle around lighting fireworks and throwing them at each other Ooh. drunk and then trying yeah. to paddle away. Those things have like a 90 foot radius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those big mortars. Yeah. yeah. Like a 180 foot diameter. And you're just like trying as best you can to like paddle the fuck out. You know, it's just like a small creek. So uh, we used to do all sorts of cool shit. We'd like tie them onto rocks, light them and throw them into the creek. And then you'd see like the streaks of light under the water because they're waterproof. And you just see like fish swimming the fuck out the way. (laughs) Oh my God, what is this? No, yeah. Water moccasins and shit. It was pretty great. Yeah, I remember we'd do something like there's like those Tomcat bottle rockets. Fuck yeah. Those things were waterproof too. You just like... And yeah. just like watch it like skid under the water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was pretty Bubble. cool. I think the crazy one of the crazier things that we did with fireworks and water was when it was iced over. Mm, like yeah. I took a little ice fishing hole out. Fuck put yeah. Like a big ass M eighty in there and it wasn't such a little ice fishing hole anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? We used to we used to also we used to also do dry ice bombs. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've heard about yeah, that. If if you if you guys don't know what dry ice bombs are, uh you you get like a like a liter of coke or whatever when you know like a bottle that's empty right. you put a little dry ice in there and then you pour water until it starts spewing co2 and then you cap it and throw it and then when it goes off it's uh, like a balloon popping but it's it's much much more pressure than a balloon obviously yeah, a lot louder yeah and <laughs> it sounds like shotguns going off yeah. it's very loud yeah yeah, I, th- I think you could scare some people with that kind oh, of stuff. <laughs> and my buddies definitely did that in residential areas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was also post 9-11. So, you know, <laughs> people were pretty terrified. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we, we would do a lot of crazy stuff as kids, you know. Um, I think one of the crazier things looking back now, um, my buddy had a couple horses. Oh, and, uh, God. Man, did we give them a rough time. You poor know? things. Yeah, poor <laughs> things. But not only that, we were idiotic. We'd go up and stand right behind them, slap them on the ass. Thinking we're going to be alive, but I guess I'm here now. Yeah, but, I'm surprised you know? no one got kicked in the head. Yeah, you know? oh, dude, I, I can't imagine, you know, some of the some of the crazy things that could have happened, yeah. you know. And a, a lot of, a, a lot of another, another thing that was really big, too, with like my area and my group of friends because it was like a very like wooded like area where you could pretty much do wherever you want whatever you wanted was uh atvs and yeah. off-road vehicles yeah so i've had a lot of friends who would like do crazy things with them and like hurt themselves you know some some crazy things but as kids like that was felt you felt so powerful you yeah know? Like, i'm going 40 mile <laughs> Woo! yeah you know, going crazy, but yeah, my childhood was, it was pretty cool, it was just really um, different than, uh, I'd say, life out here is, you know, yeah. especially for you as well, you know, Texas, I'm um, I'm not sure how, obviously it's not the same as Iowa, but is it is it like wooded and like Lots farm? of woods, lots of farms, yeah, open yeah. spaces, yeah. and you know, uh, creeks, you right, know, everything, yeah. you, you got it all. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of people had ranches as well, so you could just do whatever the fuck you wanted on yeah, a ranch. Exactly. You know, which is pretty cool. Uh, and, and <clears throat> excuse me. And so uh, 
it was it was just a lot of quote exploring yeah. which uh i think as an adult uh translates into trespassing so, <laughs> so you know that's i think i think no you way. can't really do a lot of shit as an adult we right. broke we broke in we legit like broke into an old school like movie theater oh, yeah. and i i was like cool now i've got posters for blade and grumpier old men <laughs> you know no, yeah, we, we, we went some places as kids as well that there was like this old abandoned schoolhouse in this oh, town awesome. called Norway, which was a little bit like it was like real hick, you know, yeah. like it was real country. Um, that's cool. And I mean, I can't really even say hick because I was from the area as well. So I mean, you know, it's not like it's like, but to put it in perspective for people, um, you know, it's really country. Rural. Rural, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't say redneck because I don't want to offend any people that I still know that live there. Um, but y'all are pretty fucking redneck. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> anyways, there was a, there was a old, they're probably, it's probably still there. Um, it's a, a school that's abandoned. That's awesome. And, um, did you camp there? We did not because oh, fuck, you dude. could only be in there for about five minutes before you'd lose your shit. Fuck, that's awesome. And there's writing on the walls from past people who have gone in there that's just like, fuck you. And you're like, <laughs> what, dude? No, yeah. no, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it was definitely. Definitely some places where I shouldn't have been as a kid yeah. that I now would get arrested for trespassing. We we had we had some shit like that in in Texas. Yeah. Uh, my my theater teacher was like, "Hey Dan, uh, I hear you because I, I was shooting movies with them because I, I was I was in the theater class and everything, and I was shooting movies with the AV kids, and so we'd make like our own little features and stuff. Right. And uh, I was I was going location scouting for this one script and my theater teacher was like hey if you're looking for like a really cool place check out these woods and i was like okay yeah yeah, sure cool yeah will do (laughs) and so uh so i went out there and excuse me i went out there by myself and started down this path and there was a fork in the road and uh on one side was an old abandoned uh cemetery Mm. and then if you went down the other fork was an old abandoned amusement park. Oh, okay. And so I went back to my friends and I was like, we need to camp here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get really fucking high. Yeah. And we need to camp here. And that's exactly what we did. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to Jordan's house. And Jordan would be like, oh, I'm going to Dan's house. You know, and, and like none of us would ever like it's a it's a miracle no one was murdered by like, you know, some some crazy right. transient in, you know. But we would uh we would set up our base camp in the uh in the uh, the batting cage, the old batting cage at the amusement park. And uh, so that way we would have kind of like a perimeter around us. No one could fuck with us while we're sleeping or anything, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but really it was just kind of like caging ourselves. Yeah. You know, anyone could have shot yeah, us, into, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and we would just get really fucking high there. And then we'd like go travel over to, you know, the cemetery and you know, put like the paper and like at the crayon and stuff like that, like, and like see the names. That yeah. were, wow, yeah, and just kind of make like etchings and stuff. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, that that does sound really crazy. It was creepy as fuck. That, but it, really, you know, awesome. like is that amusement park still around? Or yeah, well, there's a big road now. You oh, know, one yeah. one person told another person there's a huge fucking road that goes yeah. right between them now. Right. So people are aware of it. Yeah, it's huh. abandoned, but it's visible from the street. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool, man. I think. I mean, as a kid, we'd have to drive like two and a half hours just to get to an amusement park. Hmm. So it's like we would make the most out of like anything. Yeah. You know, we'd, That's like, cool. we'd, we'd make our fun in our backyard. Yeah. You know, so it was, I mean, even like uh, as a kid, it would snow a lot. Yeah. Um, in Iowa. And we'd have, we'd take me and my buddy who lived across the street, Jimmy. Uh, we'd take the shovels and start sword fighting. Oh, that's cool. And that was a cool idea until yeah. I took one up to the side of the head. Oh, uh, shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. Laying there in oh, the snow for fuck. a while, you know. And <laughs> Jimmy felt bad, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun until then, you know. <laughs> we used to do a lot of dumb shit, too. Like, me and him would have a... I mean, I'm sorry for the, the animal activists out there, but we'd take uh, tennis rackets and swing at bees there'd be like big ass beehives right mm, front. Yeah. so we'd swing at the bees and now i apologize because nowadays some of the bees are becoming endangered but um i don't think these ones were endangered because there was way too many of them around, yeah. flying around <laughs> my head especially once you hit one yeah Woo! they'll come after you yeah it's pretty pissed off real Fuck. quick so i mean the things that we did for fun were pretty pretty crazy and it's I can't imagine, like, living out here as a kid. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there wouldn't be as much freedom. Yeah, because yeah, every, everything is so urban out yeah, here. Yeah. And so much of what we do for fun is, like, more adult shit. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, like, to, I can't imagine anyone could really go exploring as a kid. Yeah, like, exactly. Just go into the woods. There are no woods. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, what woods there are are near golf courses, right. you know, or whatever. So how did you get there as a child? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, exactly. So uh, versus, like, us, where it's like, how'd you get here? I walked. Yeah, I, it's I, like I biked here. A couple you know? footsteps out from, like, my yard. You yeah. Know? Like, you, it, it, was, it was pretty cool, too. Like, I can't imagine living in this big city as a kid like where are you gonna walk to yeah like it's just a bunch of houses or another business but like as a kid you could just for me anyways i could just i lived in a smaller town you could just start walking and who knows what you'd find yeah you know like you yeah. could just literally be out in the middle of nowhere real yeah. damn quick you're you just know? surrounded by adventure out there yeah exactly you know who, who knows where your day could go yeah by, oh, yeah by you know will you find a wolverine maybe you know, yeah. <laughs> will you, will you, you know, swing a racket at bees? Maybe. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, will you explode shit in the woods? Maybe. Yeah. You know, uh, there's lots of cool shit to like keep you, you know, uh, occupied. But out here, I, I, I don't know. Kids would go to the movies, I guess. Yeah. Go to the, go to the beach. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like you would be under constant supervision. You yeah, know, there's like no autonomy, right? Because right. there's just so many people. Yeah, you don't want to be abducted. You right. don't want to, you know, or, or worse, you know, like hit by a car or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess I, that's about as bad as being abducted. No, yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> uh, found quote unquote found myself in a lot of different situations as a kid where I was like, well, 
you gotta figure out what to do now you're yeah. by yourself bud you're yeah. out here fucking yeah middle of nowhere what do you do next you dude know? i one time i went biking with my friends and we were in the woods and we left our bikes on one side and we had to go across this massive you know like wide creek right and there was maybe like a uh one and a half foot you know uh pipe that went from one side to the rest. So everybody just kind of like teeter-tottered like on the other side, just kind of like, you know, tightrope to, to the other side. And uh, I was the one guy <laughs> with the wet shoes and fucking slipped and was dangling like 40 feet up in the oh, air with God. my arms draped over the side on this rusty shit. Oh, and, I was, and I was like, somebody please like counterweight me, otherwise I'm going to slip and die. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I, I obviously, you know, spoiler alert, I didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am here now. Uh, but that's, yeah. that's the real survivor. Yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah. That's why. That's actually yes. That's why my shoes were wet. I, 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 I like took a piss on my own shoes. <laughs> so, I was really drunk at the time. It was just like uh, I thought I was like peeing on a tree. It wasn't a tree. It was my shoes. <laughs> oh man! All right, Dan. So. um we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up a little bit here, but the last thing that I want to ask you is, what is your main goal? You kind of you, ta- you kind of talked a little bit about touring, mm-hmm. um, but besides touring, what is your main goal for 2019? And it could be about anything. Um, before you answer that, too, 2018 and a little bit of 2017, you lost 80 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. 75, yeah. Wow, so that's that's a huge congrats for me. Thank you. I applaud Thank you. that. That is really good. Um, it was it was kind of funny for me when I when I um, had you on the first time. I researched and there was like videos of you back then. Yeah, and I was like, I don't I don't think I know this guy. Yeah, is this the right guy? <laughs> you know, you look completely different. So yeah. I applaud that. That's, Thanks, man. It's really good. Yeah, um, I was like so, John Goodman size. I was like, I was a pretty hefty guy. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect never, to Mr. Goodman. I never <laughs> witnessed you. I didn't know you back then, but you look good now. And um, so for 2019. Hmm. What's a, what's what's a goal that you can make for yourself, or or something you're trying to shoot for, um, whether it be comedy, whether it be where you want to be in life. Um, I just want to be a walking thirst trap, you know. I just like I just I want to <laughs> get so fucking yoked, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that like you know like how how women think about Drake. I want. <laughs> this is the second time I've mentioned Drake. Drake, shout out to Drake, <laughs> you know. You go, Drake. <laughs> you go, you go, man. Uh, I just, I just want, I just want to get like so yoked that, like, you know, and uh, that that uh, that women will love me and guys will hate me because okay. because I want, I want, uh, I want women to be like, oh my gosh, like I want a poster of this guy, <laughs> you know, and I want guys to be like, fuck Dan Penna, you know, he he's he's silly, he's he's he makes a lot of money, he's fucking he's fucking ripped. You know, and he's a nice guy. You know, I, I just I just want people uh, to hate me. So, no, yeah, uh, I definitely I've been working on getting more cut too. I think it's uh, something that's nice too, especially once you lose, once you lose a lot of weight. You know, you you definitely want to like find a little bit of like texture or like toned up a little bit. You know, I yeah. think that'll that'll help out with. Um, 
So when you're at the beach, you know, you can just kind of be like, whoosh. Yeah. Take off the shirt and just go run a couple miles. Like, I brought the washboard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. dude. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping I can uh, look something like Captain America by the end of May. Okay. Now, notice I said Captain America, not Thor or Hulk. I think Captain America has good definition. You know, Chris Evans has, has a I would say, comparable body type to, right. to what I've got. Something that's achievable. Uh, I don't want to be like Zach Efron. No disrespect, <laughs> Zach. That dude looks like Adonis. He is fu- he's fucking he's fucking really ripped. I I don't want I don't want to be that yoked. I don't want to be Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. I, I just want to I want to have some nice definition. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good goal, man. Yeah. Um, and as far as the comedy wise, are you going to continue to just keep doing sets and hopefully tour, like you said? Um. Would what do you do you think that you should? I guess this is maybe a little bit out of reach. I'm not sure because I'm not I'm not into comedy. What would you think about making up a whole new hour? Oh, I would love to. That would be amazing. Yeah. Think, I mean, yeah. do you think that you would have the patience and the the will to come up with a whole new hour? Absolutely, I could. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be a good step. Um, just from my point of view, watching a lot of comedy, you know, after you use the same material for so long, it's nice to throw in a little bit of like new, hip, relevant stuff. You yeah. Know? So, and a, a lot of what you've actually seen, because in Los Angeles, a lot of uh, the uh, comedy scene is mainly uh, about seven to about 20 minutes. Right is right, what yeah, you yeah. is what you yep. typically get yep. in LA, and so uh, because of that, I almost always use the same like seven to twenty minutes just talking about growing up half Cuban, what that was like and stuff, and and just kind of making jokes at my own expense, because uh, even though I've been in the industry for a few years and as seasoned as I uh, as I'm becoming there's still very much of like a following that I'm trying to gather and I'm trying and these uh, jokes very much tell my tale of like who I am, my perspective and things. So uh, for, for guys like yourself and me who have seen my sets a few times, uh, it can seem redundant, you know? Yeah. Uh, But there's almost always a new audience. Right. And and so that's, that's why, uh, that's why I typically use that set. And so when I write my new material, I'll make it into a sandwich. So I'll have, uh, really strong jokes up front, really strong jokes in, uh, to end. And then all my new material I'll put in the middle because almost no one really remembers like the middle of your set. They always remember how you made them feel when you came on stage and they'll always remember what you left them with. Right. Okay. And so, uh, and so that's how I kind of test out my new material. No, yeah, that's that's great, man. Yeah, I think, I think the sky's the limit if you if you can find the patience and the will to sit down and write, or mm-hmm. you know, I think I think what's good too um, is podcasting is just like kind of having conversations. You know, think, yeah, think of the bits that like come out of it and i think that's why a lot of the the big comedians do it is because they're just kind of like speaking their mind and then like yeah. something will catch and they're like holy shit you know like yeah. I, just, I just made a bit right here yeah you know i think we saw a lot of that with theo vaughn yeah too. yeah most definitely and he i, I kind of think 
I don't know. I, I don't know the guy personally, but I think he practices a lot of his bits as well. Like yeah. he'll he'll like say something, and like if he just starts cracking up, like he knows like oh, he knows he's you got know, something. This shit's funny. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. It'll just go like a random direction, and he'll start laughing. But yeah, so I think that's that's a pretty good goals for 2019. Um, do you you plan on staying around the LA area for as long as you? can foresee oh absolutely yeah okay. as, as far as i'm concerned i'm i'm an i'm an i'm an angelino now yeah and so uh yeah. i mean my license says that i'm an angelino yeah. so, <laughs> um and i i didn't particularly enjoy living in new york but i can see myself eventually owning a place in new york la and houston just so that way i've got you know some place in the middle of the country where i can you know, uh, escape show business, be close right. to family and friends and, uh, you know, just kind of go from there. But yeah, I, I would love to own property, I think in all three of those places. All so, right. yeah, no, I think I could definitely agree with you on, on owning property in a couple different places, but I think I would do Colorado. Oh, that'd be um, dope. Because of the mountains and the, mm-hmm. the scenery. I, that was one of my favorite places. Um, growing up in the last couple of years, I visited there like eight times in two years. I was like so into it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I gotta go. Yeah. You know, like this is the best place ever. Oh yeah. Um, so I think that would probably be it. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you there though. I, I like the, I like the scenery around here. I like the accessibility of like, you can pretty much do anything you want. Anything. You can pretty much meet anyone you want. The demographic yeah. and the diversity here yeah. is like so diverse that literally you can meet anybody yeah. i mean there's so many different people here as a whole um so that's that's pretty cool and that's new to me um being from iowa which is predominantly just like farmers and um caucasian you know um, <laughs> you know i think those are synonymous <laughs> yeah yeah you got it that, that is right <laughs> all right well dan it was good to have you on today thank you yeah, so thank much you for so much for on. having me and, man um Hopefully we could start um, having you on more, or who knows what's down the road, guys. Maybe me and Dan will put some more work together and do some podcasts. And, Hell yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens, guys. But uh, thank you, Dan. Dude, and, thank uh, you. We'll see you again soon. Cool. Bang.